The Wrestling Podcast About Nothing is brought to you by BDA Radio. BDA Radio doesn't break news, they break the news with their wild commentary regarding MMA and wrestling. Head on over to BDARadio.com and check out all of the latest news on the UFC, Bellator, WWE, and much more. They are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves. BDARadio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Welcome to episode 45 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined as always by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. What's up, Mike? How you living today? I'm all right. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. Big holiday week last week, right? Yeah, it was, uh, it was lovely. It was lovely, huh? You and the family just uh, kicking back and enjoying the festivities. Well, no, I had to cook, Mike. I'm sure uh, that's completely foreign to you, actually having to do anything on a holiday to uh, provide for the people you love. But, you know, some of us didn't get to relax. Some of us uh, did the cooking and and, uh, supplied a lovely meal for our family. Chef Kingpin, huh? (laughs) Something like that. What, did you buy some store-bought cookies or something? (laughs) Well, uh, we, we brought a nice pie. Did you make it? Not exactly. Not exactly. Oh boy, you sickened me. <laughs> well, what kind of pie? It was an apple pie. Okay, was it a frozen one, or was it at least one like somebody baked at a like a store or something? Someone baked it. Someone baked it somewhere. Okay, so it wasn't like you went over to the freezer section and got like you know Marie Calendar or something like that. No, no, no. How could you even think that, Kingpin? Well, you're a dirtbag, so. <laughs> My goodness. Well, you might think I'm a dirtbag after this episode we're going to get into here, Brian, because coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions. Plus, one more sinister cackle will be immortalized in our Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. But first up, we are discussing a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the WPAN on Twitter. And this week's topic was selected by our special guest here on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing this week. Joining us, he is from the 10 Count blog and the 10 Count podcast, and he's a budding professional wrestler in his own right, Jason Tiller. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hi, gentlemen. How are you guys? Doing fantastic. Thank you very much. Uh, so I was recently on the 10 Count podcast. I want to thank you very much for that. And Jason, are you struggling for guests? Is that why you, uh, you asked Mike to be on? Only slightly. <laughs> oh, see? Me and Jason were friends, and now he's going to try to buddy up to the kingpin over here. <laughs> what can I say? I needed an old guy, Mike. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so I was on your podcast recently, Jason, and your podcast, you talked with the local independent wrestlers in your area, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of kind of similar to the art of wrestling, and I don't want to put over another podcast on your all's uh, on your all's show, but it's kind of similar to that. Uh, we just kind of talk about the man behind the mask and the man behind the character. And 
you know, get to know some of the guys who are, you know, th- these are the guys who are your mechanic. These are the guys who, you know, serve your food. These are guys that you see around town. You'd never know that they were professional wrestlers unless you, you knew. So that's kind of the goal is to get these guys out into the public, get them some publicity and uh, let people know, hey, you know, come out and support these guys. These are the guys who who serve you. So. And you're from the Midwest, right? Yeah, I live in Illinois, uh, southeastern Illinois, almost in Indiana. Actually, I actually work in Indiana and live in Illinois. So it's an interesting place where I live. I, I kind of joke with people who uh, don't live on uh, time zone uh, fault lines, I guess you could say. Uh, I, I live in central time and work on eastern time. So It's crazy. I would, it, I would it, not it, know how to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Arizona one time and I was screwed up for like the entire week. Hashtag Midwest life, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mentioned, Jason, that you selected our topic this week. And the topic is unpopular WWE opinions. How do you come to this idea? Well, um, it's kind of interesting you ask. Uh, I had a Twitter battle with a guy not long ago. I know, right? Twitter battles? Um, (laughs) Happens. (laughs) But yeah, I saw somebody posted on on Twitter one time and they said, post an unpopular opinion. I posted an unpopular opinion and it ended up with me being called a lot of names that I won't repeat here, but they were, yeah, it was an, it was an interesting topic. It was a good conversation. I think until, you know, the name calling started, but we'll try to stay away from that today. Brian, get on your best behavior. I mean, I'm not going to call Jason any names. Oh, that's nice. That's nice of you. Uh, all right. So unpopular WWE opinions. Uh, why don't you kick us off there, Jason? Unpopular WWE opinions. Do you have one for us? I mean, we're leading up to our number one most unpopular opinion, the one that's really going to set people off. But do you have something maybe that isn't quite as inflammatory to start us off here? Ooh. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll start with the one that's not going to blow up the internet. But uh, okay. So uh, a lot of people kind of are down on uh, one particular wrestler in the women's division and i don't know why because when i look at her wrestle i think of just you know she's smooth in the ring she's a great technician she's got charisma maybe a little over the top but i i think secretly one of the best kept secrets in wwe is the fact that alicia fox is one of the best and i think that's kind of an unpopular opinion because she's never really been given a spotlight i think you look at her in ring i tell you what i uh I mark out every time she throws a Northern Lights suplex. She and Sasha killed it on the TLC pre-show. And, you know, I just I watched that match with uh, my trainer and he's sitting here pointing out things that she does. And maybe Sasha made her look good at some point in that match. But I think she carried a lot of it, too. Um, but, yeah, I, I personally think, you know, she's a, quietly a 10 year veteran of WWE. So, yeah, uh, Alicia Fox, I think she is one of the best in the uh, women's division right now. It's kind of interesting because I think she's a great bumper. I think she makes stuff look great, but I'm not so sure that I think she's one of the best on the roster. What's your opinion, Kingpin? Um, I don't know if she's one of the best. I think I think she's very good. I think I think um, especially from kind of the era she was in. I think I think she had an op- probably an opportunity to stand out better before this this last crop with Sasha and Charlotte and Becky Lynch and now Asuka. I think she had a you know, a better shot to stick out with the with kind of the previous group headed up by like the Bellas. But no, I think she's very good, and I think she's somebody who they they should keep around for a long time because she's a a very valuable member of the of the roster. You need you need people like her. Uh, you need those people who are who are good in the ring who can put people over. All right, and I'm going to get into one of my unpopular opinions. I'm just going to say this. I'm sticking with the women's division here. I'm going to say 
that I really don't see much in Nia Jax. I just think she, when she walks down to the ring, I get nothing from her. I get absolutely nothing. There's no fire there. There's no energy there. She just stares at people and walks down to the ring. I she doesn't excite me. I'll put it that way. She, uh, she just doesn't excite me as a wrestler. I know she's different. I know they're trying uh, with her because she's different. That's great that she's, you know, a different body type than most of what you see in WWE. But I just think she's got a lot of work to do and she's she doesn't get me excited right now. I mean, she doesn't, she comes down the rank. She doesn't look excited. So she doesn't bring any excitement out in me. How do you feel about Nia Jax, Brian? Um, I think she may be in a spot. She's not ready for yet. I, I like how different she is. I, I think kind of the, for me, the gold standard of women with that sort of body type is awesome. Kong. Yeah. And she's not certainly not in that class. Now, do I think she could? She could be. Yeah, I think she's she's pretty athletic. She moves well, and I think she's actually victim of a, a pretty common problem in WWE, and that's people thrust into positions that normally, or at least traditionally in pro wrestling, they wouldn't be asked to asked to do. Somebody with her experience level, you know, wouldn't necessarily be asked to be on a TV show in, in the spot she's in, but. You know, here we are in 2017 and people with her level of experience are in those types of spots. It's funny, though, because we said a year ago, I think it's been like a year right, since she's been up that she wasn't ready. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, she hasn't progressed. You look at a guy like Braun Strowman, who had eight appearances with NXT before he was on the main roster. That guy has progressed like amazingly. So maybe maybe that's a unfair comparison because it seems like Braun is kind of maybe some sort of prodigy in this sense. But Nia Jax just hasn't gotten to the next level in my eyes. Jason, how do you feel about Nia Jax? You know, I think Nia Jax has uh, another problem. Brian mentioned she suffered from something pretty common, but I think there's another common thing there. She kind of gives off this era of entitlement a little bit. I think that's the whole thing with the, her being the rocks cousin. And, you know, I mean the whole, the whole family there, uh, she, she kind of proved that to me at least when she did her whole walkout thing after Neville did his, uh, she wasn't happy with her spot. You know, that's all alleged, but I mean, if it's true, that's kind of where I'm at with it, but I'm kind of like Brian in this one. I think all the elements are there. You know, she's a unique, uh, talent for the women's division. You know, def- she's definitely not awesome Kong, but she has the potential to be in that in that same conversation. All the elements are there. She's just not there. There's something there that's not clicking with the fans. They're, it's not clicking with with her character. Maybe she's unhappy. I, I don't know. But yeah, definitely some work that needs to be done, but loads of potential. Yeah, just to circle back one time real quick, you kind of talked about Braun Strowman, but for Braun Strowman too, there's other big guys on the roster for him to learn from and and to him, you know, to get that teaching from. For her, there's there's not really any other girls on the roster that she can pull from experience. I know she can talk to the guys, but it's nice to have somebody, you know, that's the same as you or similar to you to talk to, to get advice from, to get ideas from, because, and, and I'm sure the body image stuff does play into it because being a, you know, 300 pound male wrestler is a lot different than being a 280 pound female wrestler when it comes to the body shaming, you know, department. That's a very good point. Uh, 
A really good point. Uh, all right, Kingpin, keep on talking. Give us your first unpopular WWE opinion. All right, I'm going to go for the big one, Mike. Uh-oh. <laughs> Roman Reigns is one of the very best performers in WWE and will be of all time when his career is all said and done. Wow, you took it up another level. Yeah, absolutely. Roman Reigns is awesome. I, I think he has some work to do on his on his promos, obviously, but I think that's partially television writing and the way things are now. I think that's that's partially to blame for it. But the guy's awesome. He has fantastic matches. Uh, he's athletic. He understands how to, you know, how, how to get the crowd, you know, in a frenzy. the the opposite The opposite of love isn't uh, isn't hate. It's indifference. And if you're getting the type of reactions that Roman Reigns is getting, you're doing something very right. Uh, and nobody, you know, they people do the stupid you can't wrestle chants. And nobody can point at me and, and tell me that Roman Reigns is a bad wrestler. Look at the matches the guys had. Jason, what are your thoughts on Roman Reigns? Uh, that That's not an unpopular opinion for me. I'm in agreement with, with Brian. I think, you know, watching his matches – He's very good technically. He's very technically sound. You know, I watch him take back bumps and, you know, the things that, you know, wrestlers know and we po- we can point out that maybe the common fan can't. You know, you see him doing the little things, the footwork, the 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 things that make you a good technician in the ring. And another way that I kind of gauge performers in the ring is if they do big moves and they don't hurt people. Uh, you know, Roman Reigns, he's got a lot of big stuff in his arsenal, the spear, the Samoan drop, you know, the power bombs, all the stuff that he does, you know, he does it so well. And I understand part of that's on his opponent. And, you know, you can't give him all the credit for that, but on the same token, he's never put someone in a dangerous spot that I can tell. So I think that's another thing, another feather in his cap. I agree with Brian, you know, he kind of gets the crowd riled up. You know, you, you can't blame Roman Reigns for bad writing or Superman type booking. I mean, they want this guy to be the following footsteps of John Cena. So of course they're going to book him like Superman. Um, but I think if he had a little bit better writing, I think that the crowds would like him a little bit more. Yeah. I I'm in total agreement with Brian. I think Roman Reigns is one of the best performers they've got. And I look forward to seeing what he's going to do in the future. Yeah. Like you said, the writing is what's killed him. It's not a, a matter of, him not being a good wrestler and people turning on him. It's a matter of him when he broke away from the shield, doing the suffering succotash stuff. And he was also a victim of trying to be the top baby face at the same time that the fans wanted Daniel Bryan to be the top baby face. So that really kind of uh, took him down a peg in the fans' eyes and really put him in the back seat in terms of uh, the top stars of WWE. But like you guys said, one of the best wrestlers in there uh, in WWE at this time always has good matches. You don't really hear of Roman Reigns having a bad match. No one's out there saying that this match stunk. He's always in there having a fantastic showing. So I I agree with you guys. Roman Reigns is one of the best workers in WWE. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen if he will be one of the best of all time. As Brian says there, Brian may have some people on Twitter that take him to task on that part of his opinion, but bring it on, bring it on. Yeah. Right now, Roman Reigns is one of the best that I agree with. Uh, Okay, Jason, why don't you give us another one of your unpopular opinions here? All right. So since Brian broke out the big guns, I got to go with my one that I think will break the internet. All right. I'm I'm holding on to my seat. I, I think Alexa Bliss stinks. Whoa! Yes. So, <laughs> um, if you look at her matches, 
all of her best matches have been with opponents who are traditionally considered the best workers. She had a great match with Natty. She's had great matches with Charlotte. Um, but put her in, in the ring with someone not as skilled, not as talented. And you find that she is very basic, very, and that may be the style, you know, but strike heavy is one of the things I've noticed about her. She relies on strikes quite a bit and she's capable of doing other things. She actually, she surprised me a little bit at the last pay-per-view when she pulled out a couple of, a couple of different moves, but I credit Charlotte a lot for the survivor series um, uptick in her, her performance because you know she really had to come out and bring it because she had Charlotte and Charlotte made her look good I think but the truth is you know I just think she's very basic I think she's still learning a lot that's not to say she doesn't have potential she has tons of potential and she is excellent on the mic her gimmick is you know it's typical of a of a WWE women's gimmick but she makes it work for her and she's got a great personality outside of wrestling so I think she has all the elements there much like Nia Jax but uh, just her in-ring work makes her uh, just to, to me. She's hard to watch sometimes. Uh, she is. Yeah, she's still very new. Uh, what maybe four years? Maybe she's been around the wrestling business, give or take. But uh, yeah, like you said, a tremendous personality. Yeah, she's got a, she's got work to do. She's not the best, but I, I wouldn't put her in like the category. She's the like the worst woman in WWE. She's been elevated by those around here. I think I would agree with that, Kingpin. What do you think? Yeah, but I mean, I, I think she's at a point in her career where she needs to be elevated by those around her. Um, you know, the criticism that it depends on the opponent with her and that when she's with lesser opponents that she keeps the matches basic. And that's probably because that's where she's at in her career. I mean, again, we're looking at somebody who is only a few years into their career and they're asked to, they're being asked to lead a division uh, on, on a television program in a worldwide audience when they don't have a ton of experience behind them to pull from. It's a, it's a very tough, I think it's a very tough situation to be in for her. So yeah. So when she, I think when she wrestles people of uh, higher caliber, she is going to be carried to that, but she, she's probably not ready yet for, for the responsibility that's been thrust upon her. I think that's where I'm at too, Brian. Uh, yeah, definitely not a championship caliber. Because I mean, you look at somebody. You know, I mentioned earlier. I think Alicia Fox is one of the best, but she's never had a championship. She's never had this type of responsibility. Um, you know, again, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I'm I, definitely not a championship caliber. I think you give her some time and give her time to work with girls like Charlotte and Becky and Sasha. These girls that can really carry a match. I, I think you know she she's got a bright future for sure. Okay, here's another one of my unpopular opinions, guys. I say Kurt Angle should not be wrestling right now. Kurt Angle <laughs> should not have laced up his boots again in a WWE ring. I think at this point, he is tarnishing his legacy to continue to wrestle. He doesn't look like he's in great shape. He doesn't look like he can go. I am afraid of what would happen if they end up doing a singles match at WrestleMania with perhaps him and Triple H, as is rumored. I'm worried about it. I think he should have come back and stayed and done his GM thing. But him in a ring, I think at this point, it's not a good look. Uh, what do you think, Kingpin? Uh, I'm right there with you. He did not look good at the Survivor Series. He, I think he he walks very awkwardly obviously of a man who is who has beaten his body up pretty badly he looks a couple steps slow yeah i don't i don't want to see kurt angle get hurt i don't see anybody get hurt but but yeah he he looked to me he looked out of place at survivor series in that match 
Yeah, out of place, old, just, yeah, like you said, a couple steps off. Uh, that's not how I want to remember Kurt Angle. Uh, I remember Kurt Angle just being a workhorse, being an animal on the ring, and that's not what we're getting. I mean, they're hiding him in these multiple matches now, but like I said, if they cut a WrestleMania and he's in there in a singles match, there's no place to hide him. It could be ugly, and I don't want to see that happen to a guy like Kurt Angle who's had a Hall of Fame career. I really... Uh, I don't know. It's it's been tough to watch and hopefully either he really gets into shape and really <laughs> I don't know see how it's going to happen but if this singles match I'm very worried if they go end up going with uh, Kurt Angle and Triple H at WrestleMania. What do you think, Jason? Uh it's been a great nostalgia thing, I think, but I I'm with you guys. I don't think he should be at least put into situations where he's going to be quite this this active. The TLC match I didn't have much of a problem with because he went out early and you know he took a big bump and they made it believable but yeah uh survivor series just kind of looked awkward and slow and you know i really worry about his neck um that's my big thing with him you know so many surgeries and so much damage that he's taken to his neck and his head area it's just it's you know they won't let daniel bryan wrestle for the same reason so why are they letting kurt angle i guess hall of famer status or whatever it is but I don't know. I'm genuinely concerned for his health, and that's that's my biggest thing. I cringe every time he does an angle slam or takes a bump. It just will that be the last one he takes? You know, it's been tough to watch, and hopefully, they figure out what they're going to do with him going forward. I think it should be outside of a professional wrestling ring. Uh, Brian, we're getting down to it here. Unpopular WWE opinions. You got your big one, or you got something else for us? What do you got? I'll I'll give it to you now, Mike. And I kind of uh, I've kind of already gone off on this on the podcast, but I'm going to bring it up again here because I think it's a it is an unpopular opinion. Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, and Bobby Roode are not the future of WWE. I'm sorry, they are not. They are in their late 30s, approaching 40 years old. Uh, their future is now, and if it doesn't happen for these guys now, it never will happen. Uh, they need to be the main event of WWE now because they are not the future. And in five-plus years, these guys are not going to be there anymore. All right. Uh, makes sense to me. I mean, I'm trying to figure out who is the future then. Is it it's Braun Strowman? Who, who else we got there that's that's young that can go? Well, I'm not really sure, buddy, but I know it's not. The, I know it's not guys that are pushing forty. Yeah, uh, how do you feel about that, Jason? Uh, you know, it's great to have you know these attractions like uh, Nakamura and Rude and Smojo, uh, Finn Balor, and yeah, these guys definitely have uh, stuff that they can do now. But like Brian says, the, they're not going to be there in you know ten, fifteen years. They're not going to be the the main event, or you know, you're going to look at somebody like Braun Strowman. Um, Baron Corbin is another one I think has a, a, a tremendous upside. Um, and they got a few good talents down in uh, NXT as well. I'm thinking, uh, you know, the Velveteen Dream Kid. Oh, my gosh. The match he had with Aleister Black at TakeOver was just absolutely phenomenal. You know, I think sometimes WWE takes these guys who have established themselves elsewhere and try to reinvent them uh, with – minimal amounts of success especially and i think nakamura's case i think that's been a cluster from the get-go unfortunately or excuse me the get-go of his uh main roster debut um they're just not going to get the same out of him that you know new japan would have or uh you know nxt would have even for that matter so yeah in complete agreement these guys are not the future but they're they're fun to watch now 
Yeah, it's been tough. And this leads to one of my unpopular opinions. Uh, WWE cannot book baby faces in 2017. They just don't know how to do it. Look at Finn Balor. Look at Bailey. Look at Seth Rollins when they turned into baby face. Sami Zayn. The the heels they they do well with. They always they always end up being fun and interesting. And the fans end up loving them, and then they become the de facto baby faces. Brock Lesnar is, ends a, is basically a baby face. Uh, Bray Wyatt is fun. They do the whole you know the cell phone thing. He ends up having a basically a baby face entrance. AJ Styles was a heel until people decided they really enjoyed him and he kind of became a baby face. But they cannot book a baby face. Bailey. Bailey was a can't miss baby face in NXT. Everyone was talking about how she's going to be like the female John Cena in WWE. They brought her up, they botched her horribly. Time and time again, you can look at these baby faces that they brought up and just completely failed to get the fans interested in. And like I said, the heels in WWE are always more fun, more interesting. Look at the New Day, if you really want to get down to it. They actually came in as baby faces. Kofi was there for years beforehand, but they they came together in as baby faces of the new day, and they had to turn heel for people to find them fun and enjoy them before they could turn back baby face again. So just they can't do it. I don't understand what why they can't book baby faces. Like they like to say that oh it's all shades of gray and it's not the eighties, but. I, they got to do something because they cannot get over a fan favorite character so that the fans think he's one of their favorites. Brian Malone, is you with me here? Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good assessment, buddy. Everybody likes the heels, I guess. Right. I mean, yeah, no, they, I think, I think that is a department that they, that they definitely struggle in when it comes to, yeah, it, it, for whatever reason. But it's been that way for a while, though, because Austin wasn't really a babyface. The Rock wasn't really a babyface. DX weren't really babyfaces. I mean, I think it's a, I think it's been a trend for quite some time. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, yeah, going way back. Wow, they just can't. I don't know. They they really enjoy having interesting, fun, silly heels, and then the fans end up enjoying them, and they just turn to babyface. Why don't they just start everyone as a heel? Let's just bring everyone in as a heel so they do it right. What do you think, Jason? Let's do that. I think it's the same reason you do, you see girls with bad boys and not, you know, the aw shucks guy. Um, you know, people just <laughs> like the bad guys, you know. Um, I'll say this, though, I, to, I and I agree with you, Mike. I, I don't think that there's a been a, been a good babyface booking for a long, long time, maybe since Hulk Hogan. But um, I, I think also, you know, WWE doesn't have a true heel because the, the crowd does, you know, they love to or they hate to love these guys or however you want to say it. I think the only true heel in WWE right now is Jinder Mahal. He's the only one that you can say is universally hated by everyone. And I don't know that you can blame that on his character. <laughs> maybe you can blame that on his in-ring work uh, or maybe he's just bad writing or whatever. But I think he is literally the only the only true heel that WWE has. And so that kind of makes everyone else kind of ipso facto babyface. Those are our unpopular WWE opinions. You got to let us know what you think on Twitter. Hashtag WPAN at the WPAN on Twitter. And Jason Tiller from the 10 Count blog and the 10 Count podcast. I want to thank you very much for being a part of this, for selecting the topic and for weighing in on it. Uh, where can the people find you online? 
All right. Well, we are on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Music, Stitcher, Blueberry, pretty much wherever podcasts can be found. You can find us by searching for 10 Count Podcast. That's one zero C O U N T. Um, we're on Twitter at 10 Count Blog. We're on Facebook at 10 Count Blog. We're also on Instagram at 10 Count Blog. We have a YouTube channel where uh, you can check out some of our great and wonderful programming. I got a new one coming up. It's going to be uh, a really neat little cooking show with one of our local wrestlers. So definitely check that out. Really? Um, <laughs> yes. Um, and it's, it's going to be one. I don't want to give away all the details because I'm sure you have some Midwest listeners who will uh, who will probably know this guy, but uh, definitely going to be something that you want to look into. And we've also got a show called 10 Count Toys on YouTube. One of our friends, uh, he's a local toy store owner. He goes on and he reviews wrestling-related toys. So definitely check those out on YouTube. And we even have Pinterest for some strange reason. So we're <laughs> everywhere on the internet. Um, actually, the, the truth is uh, I have Pinterest because my ex-wife, she always found all kinds of awesome stuff on Pinterest. And now uh, I thought, well, if people are on Pinterest looking for cool stuff, surely they can find us on there. But it's that that was a terrible plan. So, but we're still there. We're still on Pinterest. So, uh, yeah, check us out: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, and uh, on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, SoundCloud. And yeah, uh, it was a great honor to be on here. I listen to you guys every single week, and that's uh, why I asked you to be on my podcast, uh, Mike and Brian. You are more than welcome. If you would ever enjoy being on my podcast, I would love to have you at some point um yeah man absolutely absolutely let's uh connect on facebook and set that up all right good deal i I would be so excited about that but gentlemen thank you all so much for having me on really appreciate it jason thanks very much all right brian and yeah once again if you want to share with us your unpopular wwe opinions or if you want to give us shit about ours at the WPAN on Twitter. That's where people have been talking to us all week. And we're going to talk about it right now in Merv Griffin time, named for your favorite episode of our favorite show, Seinfeld. Of course, doing voicemails over on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network edition of the podcast. Get yours in. We'll play them on the show. Call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. Give us your opinion there. We'll play it this coming Monday on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. We do it every Monday over there on the New Insiders Wrestling Network feed. Make sure you find both our weekly podcasts by searching WPAN on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, the way to participate here on Murph Every Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN and Kingpin. Uh, last week, we were talking about Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving Day. We did this podcast. And TK, the executive producer of the WPAN at THOG94, says, since you guys are thanking all your listeners, I'd like to thank the both of you. I always look forward to my Monday morning download to ease the pain of my commute. Thank you very much, sir. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Mike really appreciates it. Well, you don't appreciate it? (laughs) I do. I do. My goodness. Uh, Well, you better appreciate this, Brian. You have some people wishing you birthday greetings. Last week was your birthday as well, the day before Thanksgiving. Yes. Main event swerve says, uh, Brian, if only you would be so lucky as having Croc Socks return the favor, getting people to leave birthday messages for you. You're very selfish. You didn't uh, go through the trouble that I did. I just didn't want people to talk badly about you, Brian. I didn't want to uh, bruise your fragile ego. <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah, you're already very jealous because uh, unsolicited, I, I got some very nice messages. Yeah, you got one from Randall this past Monday. Yeah, if you want to leave a message for the Kingpin, 
401-584-9726. All right. Leave us a message. Bury the kingpin. So salty. Like just on the so NAI salty. network. Greg Myron at Lone Wolf GAM on Twitter says, Happy birthday to the Kingpin of New England. Certainly you'll be celebrating with your millions and millions of titles you are defending. Titles, huh? I've- I just uh, I, I compete in title matches. I don't actually win titles. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. What do you got? You got one, right? You got the UFO title. I do. Yeah. You got that going for you there, Kingpin. <laughs> Thank God. And our friend Maddie Wilson. He is at Wilson underscore Maddie on Twitter. He says, "So me and at Brian Malonis have the same birthday. Legends are born on the twenty second. Then fucking right." <laughs> damn right and last thursday in the podcast we talked about nxt war games and you got steven laughing at hhh guy 2004 says that was not warbeard hansen doing the van terminator brian so i've been told <laughs> <laughs> did uh did warbeard get back to you <laughs> yeah he told me to go f myself i don't understand why <laughs> <laughs> all right kingpin this past Monday, we talked love it or lose it. We talked about our love-hate relationship with the professional wrestling. And before we got into that, though, you had a holiday tip for everybody, Brian. I did? You said, don't get offended when people wish you a Merry Christmas and you don't celebrate Christmas. Or a Happy Hanukkah and you don't celebrate Hanukkah. Right. Just yeah. take it all in. Just accept it and uh, take it in the spirit it's given. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Steven says he's down with that. He says, if you want to wish me a happy 25th of December or whatever the hell, go right ahead. So you got Steven on your team. Steven's always on my team, unlike you. He sure is, yeah. I'm never on your team, and he's never on my team. So, yeah. it's You never have my back. That's true. Uh, so, Kingpin, uh, Glenn Abbott, at GA WrestleNut on Twitter, he says, I am totally devastated going around telling the whole neighborhood that wrestling isn't real. Next thing you get, you'll be going on the air announcing that Santa doesn't exist either. <laughs> yeah, you were saying that wrestling was fake this past Monday. <laughs> well, you know, somebody had to break it to him sometime. Brian, I don't like that word. <laughs> oh, boy. Mike, if you're such a protector of the business, how come you don't shake anybody's hands? Brian, we talked about this this past Monday. It, it's a passe tradition. You just have no respect. No respect at all, I gotta tell you. Uh, TK, Brian, once again says, when I download the new episode this morning, I hope you put in the Nikita Koloff laughing clip somewhere for everyone's enjoyment. <laughs> well, it wasn't on this past Monday, but here you go. The key of the call off makes everyone's day a little brighter, doesn't he it? Not? Happy birthday, Kingpin. That's what he said. <laughs> that is exactly what he said. Greg Myron once again checks in and says, the best thing I love about wrestling is the fact that it teaches you about life. It kind of, kind of does. It applies to everything, doesn't it, Brian? Um, Sure. Sure. That's what Coach Hollow said to you, right? Oh, there's lots of analogies he used. Do you want to go over some of them? Right now? <laughs> Not particularly for this uh, for this podcast. <laughs> oh, that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to stick it in dry? Oh, <laughs> right. <Jesus> <laughs> Come on. 
<laughs> that's just the punchline. You, you guys can figure out the rest. Uh, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I spit out my coffee and I wasn't even drinking any, Mike. <laughs> Our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, at OVP Podcast, checks in and says... At Crocsock's opinion on the NFL draft is the correct opinion. That is all signed Michael Quinn. Thank you. Oh, you and Quinn are friggin' buddies now, ganging up on me. Yes. There's no point in watching the NFL draft. You, can, you can't even make a, a, an hour or so a week to give the OVP podcast a listen. For me, it's, it's a priority, and you know he sides with you. What are you talking about? I just finished listening to it today. Oh, isn't that a, what, three weeks ago episode? No, Brian, the current episode, episode 59 of Vantage Point. All right. Make sure you look up uh, ovppodcast.com is the website. Our Vantage Point, the retro wrestling podcast, a top priority for the Kingpin, top priority for myself each and every week. They talk about the classic professional wrestling make sure you check them out on any place you get your podcasts and speaking of our podcasting friends dc matthews from the nai wrestling network he is at the dc matthews on twitter i guess he changed his twitter handle uh he says listening to at the wpan this morning and i echo the sentiments that wrestling belongs back on saturday mornings I did my weekend chores to shows like WCW Worldwide, Action Zone, and Livewire. Hashtag, I'm a Pettengill guy. Hmm. Yes, this is one of your things, talking about the 1980s, what being your favorite era of wrestling, Brian. You wanted to bring back Saturday morning wrestling. I do. What do you mean, did? I do want to bring back Saturday morning wrestling. Well, DC Matthews asks you, Brian, would you try to have those hours during the morning be more family-friendly? If so, would you focus on different superstars than you would with Raw and SmackDown? Um, Jeez, yeah. I mean, I guess I hadn't thought about it too much and how I would actually structure it in the current climate. But I, mean, I don't think you could just go back to straight-up job matches. But yeah, maybe you're given you're giving more time to people who aren't getting the, the time on, uh, you know, on Ron SmackDown. And, um, I mean, occasionally you're going to have to throw, you know, one or two of these guys on there if you want people to watch it. But, uh, for me, the focus too would be just an hour of, of, of wrestling with minimal, um, you know, minimal backstage segments, you know, I, I mean, I think back to superstars, and there was there were some promos and event center stuff spliced in, but largely it was a lot of wrestling. It, um, and and that's sometimes what's lacking is from WWE programming is just the good old fashioned wrestling. All right. Well, uh, thank you to everyone who's a part of Merv Griffin time this week, and we look forward to talking to you on Twitter. And we'll bring you the best for next week on the Wrestling Podcast of All Nothing on BDARadio.com. Jason Tiller, I met him through the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. And you should be on the Putting Over Podcasts Facebook group. If you're listening to this, you should be in the Facebook group talking to us about professional wrestling talk. Just go to Facebook, type in the search bar, Putting Over Podcasts. You might find your next favorite podcast in there. So just join the group. Be a part of the conversation. Booking the Territory. The classic wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, and they do it on Sundays. They talk about Smoky Mountain Wrestling. On Thursdays, they're talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday night NWA 605 show. 
mikemills.podbean.com. That is the hub, and you can find them wherever podcasts are sold. And we've talked about our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's like the northern answer to the southern book in the territory. Make sure you find them, ovppodcast.com, and the Rundown Wrestling Podcast with Jason Stewart and a cast of characters. Thursday is the flagship show. They just finally, Jason did a new Rundown sit-down with Anthony Green. Make sure you check that one out. Hopefully he actually talked on that. He did talk. He did talk for uh, quite a few minutes. We had him on our podcast, and you barely knew he was on. Yeah, it gave him a little more than he gave us. Uh, but check out the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe and get all of that wrestling goodness. Well, on this podcast, though, Kingpin, we have made the effort to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. Now, in life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people that you're up to no good is through laughter. I hearken back to the immortal words of one Tarzan Taylor. He said, all it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the wrestling podcast about nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. AJ, AJ, I'm up here, I'm up here, AJ. I come down there when I want. In fact, I'm too busy to come down to the ring right now because I'm watching your match against Brock Lesnar on the WWE Network over and over. And AJ, I thought you almost had it. (laughs) But unfortunately for the WWE Universe, two weeks ago you took advantage of me at a time that I wasn't ready. I was busy preparing for the beast You took advantage of me in the middle of a European tour. Had I faced Brock Lesnar right now in that ring, I would be be standing there being hailed as the Beast Master. You realize how stupid you sound? I'll tell you what, you don't want to come down here right now? You sure? You seem well rested. You didn't do anything at Survivor Series. Listen, AJ, I get my rematch when I want on my time. I'm the man that brought dignity to that championship. I brought class to that championship. I am the man that had 1.3 billion people of the great nation of India looking up to the modern-day Maharaja. You're a disrespect. You're a disgrace to SmackDown Live. We will clash. But at a place more deserving than Texas... I will be invoking my rematch clause at the appropriately named pay-per-view Clash of Champions. It's not very often, Kingpin, we get one direct from WWE TV, something that uh, is current, it's fresh, it's new, and Jinder Mahal is the latest inductee to the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. I really want to thank John Morse, who tweeted right after it happened. He said, just saw a great Heel Laugh Hall of Fame from Jinder on SmackDown Live, and I found it online, and here it is. Jinder Mahal is in the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. A good laugh, don't you think? Yeah, very very uh, old school, very traditional uh, Heel Laugh, and uh, Jinder Mahal is a very traditional Heel. (laughs) <laughs> that is a very politically correct way to put it. 
Well done. And uh, thank you very much to John Morse for pointing this out and pointing me in the right direction. And thank you to Jinder Mahal for having a lovely heel laugh. And to check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. And for more on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing and to check out BDA Radio's MMA podcast, A Man Walks Into an Arm Bar, with Chad Alden and Paul St. Emmett Jr. Head on over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, BDARadio.com. All right, we'll be back next Monday with episode 85 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on the New Age Insiders Wrestling Network. Then you can catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the Podcast Radio Network. Till then! He is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. Nothing.